Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. So hopefully you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends will delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This blessing comes from Moses' brother, Priest Aaron, in the form of a benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, I want to welcome everyone back. Once again today, we're comparing just how other religions stack up to that of Christianity. Now, admittedly, I am biased. In my opinion, no other religion compares to Christianity. Some offer the flavor but lack the substance to substantiate their beliefs. And without Christianity, there is no saving salvation. With that said, a quick review of the Romans Road or Salvation's Freeway looks like this. Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the penalty for our sin is death. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus Christ died for our sin. And finally, Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, to be forgiven for our sin, we must believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. Salvation comes through Jesus. So what are the highlights of Christianity? Well, Jesus Christ is the key person in Christianity, which was founded in AD between 30 and 33 in the Judean province of Palestine, which is Israel today under the Roman Empire. The key writings for Christians come from the Bible, which is inclusive of 66 books breaking down into the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. The one true God is a triune God, often referred to as the Godhead or Trinity, which means one God in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is God, the second person of the Trinity. And as God the Son, He has always existed and was never created. He is fully God and fully man. Now, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force or energy field. He comforts, grieves, reproves, convicts, guides, teaches, and fills Christians. As we said earlier, salvation is by God's grace, not by an individual's good works. Salvation is always received by faith, 
And this is God's loving plan to forgive sinful people should they make a choice to accept it. Now, after death, believers will go to be with Jesus. And after death, all people await the final judgment. Both saved and lost people will be resurrected. Those who are saved will live with Jesus in heaven. Those who are lost will suffer the torment of eternal separation from God. In other words, hell. Jesus' bodily resurrection guarantees believers that they too will be resurrected and receive new immortal bodies. Now, Christians believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah promised to Israel in the Old Testament. Jesus said that his followers would be known by their love for one another. And false religions have been attempting to discredit Jesus since the beginning of time. Before our comparison today, we're going to peer through the lens of the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, and their plot to kill Jesus. Now, this account comes out of Luke immediately after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And if you'd like to follow along with me in your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 45 through 53. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, but some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together to discuss the situation. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we leave him alone, the whole nation will follow him. And then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said, How can you be so stupid? Why should the whole nation be destroyed? Let this one man die for the people. And this prophecy that Jesus should die for the entire nation came from Caiaphas in his position as high priest. He didn't think of it himself. He was inspired to say it. It was a prediction that Jesus's death would be not for Israel only, but for the gathering together of all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus's death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness to the village of Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. It was now almost time for the celebration of Passover, and many people from the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the cleansing ceremony before the Passover began. They wanted to see Jesus, and as they talked in the temple, they asked each other, what do you think? Will he come for the Passover? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly announced that anyone seeing Jesus must report him immediately so they could arrest him. So from the physician Luke's account, we learn that even when confronted point blank with the power of Jesus's deity, some people still refuse to believe. And this is staggering to attempt to wrap our minds around, yet this is still happening today. 
These eyewitnesses not only rejected Jesus, they plotted his murder. Their hearts were so hardened that they altogether rejected God's son, Jesus, rather than they admit they were wrong. This is a stern warning for us against pride. If we wrongly choose to allow it to grow in our lives, it has the ability to turn into a gigantic sin, taking us down the wrong path. Now, God allowed the high priest Caiaphas to explain Jesus's death, even though he had no idea that he was doing that at the time. And on previous episodes, we've said it's challenging to compare and contrast other religions and even that of cults to Christianity once you know the truth, whether it's Satan manipulating partial truths or blatantly mischaracterizing God. It is sometimes hard to proceed with an open mind. And yet the foundation of Christianity is for us to love God with all of our hearts, mind, and soul, and love our neighbor as oneself. Of course, neighbor refers to all other people regardless of their religion. Now God told Moses that he wanted the people to incline their hearts to fear him, which means follow him. He wanted them to respect and obey him. And there is a difference between doing something because it's required and doing something because we want to. God is not interested in forced religious exercises and rule keeping. He wants our hearts and our lives completely dedicated to him. And if we love him, our obedience will naturally follow. In society today, many people are somewhat familiar with Hinduism or Buddhism as peaceful religions. But what else do these religions profess? Well, first, we're going to start with a look into Hinduism, which has no one founder, but many sects do exist. Hinduism began in 1800 through 1000 BC in India. And many writings do exist, including the Vedas. This is the oldest writing about 1000 BC. And the Upanishad and the Bhagavad Gita, their view on God is that God is the absolute, a universal spirit, and that everyone is part of God, called Brahman, like drops in the sea, but most people are not aware of it. People worship manifestations of Brahman, which are gods and goddesses, and the view on Jesus is limited in scope by saying Jesus Christ is a teacher, a guru, or an avatar which is an incarnation of Vishnu. He is a son of God as are others. His death does not atone for sins and he did not rise from the dead. Now the Holy Spirit is also not a part of this belief system, meaning no Trinity exists. Hinduism views salvation as a releasing from the cycles of reincarnation. This is achieved through yoga and meditation. It can take many lifetimes. And final salvation is absorption or union with Brahman. And what about death? The Hindus believe reincarnation is probable 
achieving a better status or good karma if a person has behaved well. And if one had been bad, he can be reborn and pay for the past sins or bad karma by suffering. And how about this? Some disciples wear orange robes and have shaved heads, and many Hindus worship stone and wooden idols in temples, while some gurus demand complete obedience. The disciples meditate on a word, phrase, or picture, and yoga involves meditation, chanting, postures, and breathing exercises. And their foundation is from New Age beliefs and transcendental meditation. So now we're going to look at Hare Krishna, which was formed and based on Hindu teachings from the 16th century AD. And they call it ISKCON, which is short for the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. It was founded by uh, A.C. And let me get this name right for you. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada in 1965 in New York. And featured writings were from the Back to Godhead magazine and Prabhupada's translations of and commentaries on Hindu scriptures, especially the Bhagavad Gita as it is. God is Lord Krishna. Krishna is a personal creator. The souls of all living things are part of him. And the International Society for Krishna Consciousness teaches that what Krishna does freely for his own pleasure, intoxication, sex outside marriage, is prohibited to his devotees. And this group does not see Jesus as important. He's usually thought of as an enlightened vegetarian teacher who taught meditation. He's not an incarnation of God. And some Krishna devotees consider Jesus to be Krishna. Others say he's a great avatar, meaning teacher. And the Holy Spirit has no basis within this belief system. So here are the International Society for Krishna Consciousness's beliefs on salvation. Chanting Krishna's name constantly means total devotion to Krishna, worshiping images and obeying the rules of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness throughout many reincarnated lives releases a follower from bad karma. The belief on death is those who are unenlightened continue in endless reincarnation, rebirth on earth, based on the sinful acts of a person's previous life. And other beliefs include public chanting of Hare Krishna mantra, yoga, food offerings, soliciting donations, vegetarian diet, no intoxicants, no gambling, sex for procreation only. And the International Society for Krishna Consciousness attracts new members through feasts and Indian cultural programs. Followers are given new names and often have to cut family ties. Now we're going to compare transcendental meditation. Namahari Ishi Mahesh Yogi founded this religion between 1955 and 1958 in India, basing it on Hinduism and Karma Yoga. 
The headquarters are located in the Netherlands, and this religion has also been called World Plan Executive Council. The important writings are Hindu scriptures, including the Bhagavad Gita meditations of Mahari Ishi Mahash Yogi, Science of Being and the Art of Living, among the other writings by the founder. Their view on God is that each part of creation makes up God or Brahman. Supreme being is not personal. All creation is divine. All is one. Jesus is not uniquely God. Like all persons, Jesus has a divine essence. Unlike most, he discovered it. Christ didn't suffer and couldn't suffer for people's sins. The Holy Spirit is not a part of this belief system. And how about the views for salvation? Take a listen. Humans have forgotten their inner divinity. Salvation consists of doing good and excess of evil in order to evolve to the highest state. Final union of the self with Brahman through reincarnation. Reincarnation based on karma means reaping the consequences of one's actions until loss of self into union with Brahman. No heaven or no hell exists. Other beliefs include mentally reciting a mantra, which is a word associated with a Hindu god, meditate twice a day to relax and achieve union with Brahman, Maharishi University in Iowa offers advanced transcendental meditation programs in levitation and invisibility. Practices include yoga, Hindu, astrology, use of crystals, and idol worship. Offerings of flowers, fruit, and cloth from Maharishi's dead teacher, Guru Dev. Now, how does Buddhism pan out amongst the comparisons to Christianity. A man named Gautama Siddhartha was known as a Buddha or enlightened one, founded Buddhism in modern-day Nepal and India as a reformation of Hinduism. Buddhism writings come from the Mahava Stu, meaning great story, a chaotic collection covering the Buddha's life story. Now, the Jatuka tales are 550 stories of the former lives of Buddha. The Tripitaka means three baskets and the Tantras is recorded in Tibetan Tibetan, excuse me, Buddhism. The Buddha himself did not believe in the existence of God. Others speak of the Buddha as universal enlightened consciousness or as a God. And Jesus is not a part of the historic Buddhist worldview. Buddhists in the West today generally view Jesus as an enlightened teacher, while Buddhists in Asia believe Jesus is an avatar or a bodhisattva, but not God. The Holy Spirit is not part of this belief system, and Buddhists do believe in spirits. Some practice deity yoga and invite spirit possession. 
Their stance on salvation hinges on the goal of life being to achieve nirvana, to eliminate all desires or cravings, and in this way, escape suffering. The Eightfold Path is a system to free Buddhists from desiring anything. And Buddhists believe in reincarnation. People do not have their own individual souls or spirits, but one's desires and feelings may be reincarnated into another person. And finally, let's explore some other beliefs of a Buddhist. The Eightfold Path recommends right knowledge, intentions, speech, conduct, livelihood, right effort, mindfulness, and meditation. Some Buddhist groups talk about an eternal Buddha, meaning life force, through the doctrine of assimilation. The belief systems of other religions are blended into their form of Buddhism. Now, there is another sect of Buddhism that exists, and it's called Nichiren, Shoshu that was founded in Japan in the year 1253. Soka Gakkai founded in 1930 by Sanessa Burrow Makiguchi. The writings for this sect include the Lotus Sutra and a sutra simply means a discourse of the Buddha as recorded by his disciples. Now the major writings of Nichiren Daishonin plus writings of Daisaku Akita get a load of this. There's no God in Nishirin Shoshu Buddhism. Followers hold to a monistic worldview, believing that there's no separation between creator and creature and that they're protected by Buddhist, Hindu, and Shinto gods that they regard as spiritual forces. Neither Jesus nor the Holy Spirit are a part of this belief system. And here is the view for salvation, enlightenment, prosperity, and healing. It comes from chanting, Nameo Ho Renge Keo, a mantra phrase expressing devotion to the law of karma. Fulfilling worldly desires brings enlightenment, which can be achieved in one lifetime. Regarding death, they repeat reincarnation until one awakens to one's Buddha nature, then enters nirvana, escaping the cycle of rebirth. Heaven and hell are two of ten states of existence. After death, one enters a suspended state called ku. And some of their other beliefs include worship of a scroll called the Gohanzan by chanting, Namayo Renge Kayo, roughly translated, hail to the mystic law of cause and effect. Shakabuku, literally, the tearing and crushing of other faiths, is their form of proselytizing, which they believe helps them change their karma. Soka University is their main educational institution in the United States. And when we discuss false religions, I hope you are seeing a pattern here. No Jesus, no salvation.
A person can be the most likable, amenable person on earth, but if they've not surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, they'll be spending eternity somewhere other than heaven. I don't say this to be cruel. I say it because spiritually, I love you. I want to see as many of my brothers and sisters in heaven as possible. And the Lord Jesus in a heartbeat can change anyone's situation. All you have to do is believe on him. And this is precisely why Jesus is waiting to return a second time. He too loves his creation and wants as many of us as are willing to spend eternity with him to join him. So stay tuned in as we have eight more false religions to compare to Christianity. You might just be surprised to learn which ones they are and why they may the list. So Father, today I just pray for the people tuned into this episode under the sound of my voice and for their families that are caught up in these false religions that the Holy Spirit will step in and intercede on your behalf, planting a seed of Jesus within their lives. Father, do a work that only you can do. I pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. And friends, if you've not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in God's son, Jesus, professing with their mouth. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship today. Friends, if this is you, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, 
how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and so many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring you'll get the latest releases when they become available. And friends, a lot of what I reference about Jesus comes straight out of my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found content inspiring in these episodes or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. Importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.